In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In our readings today, we can see an unusual sort of coupling of two key concepts. They are glory and suffering. First, consider the last verse of our reading from the letter to the Hebrews. It reads, Son, though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And when he was made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. In this one verse, we can witness the divine paradox of our Lord as both he who suffered and he who is clothed in glory as the Savior of the world. Now, this was, of course, not apparent to Jesus' listeners at the time, for our Lord continually, yet very slowly, revealed himself through parables and seemingly obscure phrases and titles. One of such appears in our gospel passage today, and that is, Son of Man. Now, what does this phrase, Son of Man, really mean? But more importantly, what would it have meant to those hearing Jesus speak in his own time? Now, the usage of the phrase Son of Man at the time of Jesus was not a title per se in the way we think of it. It was sometimes used to make references of sorts to mankind or humanity in general, or as in the book of Daniel, in regards to a new and glorious coming kingdom which would conquer the worldly kingdom of sin and death. Now, it's easy for us to attach the idea of the Messiah of Jesus Christ to the Son of Man. However, this was not so directly and easily done by those of Jesus' own time. Nevertheless, Jesus, through his teachings and self-revelations, used that understanding of a coming kingdom of salvation as a foundational building block of sorts, hence his identification of himself as Son of Man. Now, this name, Son of Man, which Jesus takes on himself, points mostly to his glorious victory, which is yet to come. Yet we can read in Mark's gospel, the Son of Man also came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now Jesus' words in Mark's gospel there hearken back to the suffering servant songs of the prophet Isaiah. So our Lord here is revealing that not only is he the glorious judge and savior of the world, he is in a sense, he becomes so as the suffering servant of God. Now considering all of this, we turn to our gospel passage today in which we receive a sort of mystical catechesis on what all this means, not only for Jesus, but for those who follow him as true disciples. Jesus states that the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Now that's reasonable and understandable for us if we recall the interpretation of the Son of Man as referring to a coming glorious kingdom. Yet Jesus follows this statement with a call to his disciples to follow him even unto death. He says, Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there also will my servant be. To be a disciple of Jesus always involves suffering. We cannot escape it. Disciples conform themselves to their teacher, and our teacher, our Lord, was both glorified, but glorified through his suffering. 
Now, as we enter into this fifth week of the Lenten season, we can begin to grow weary in our Lenten practices. Because the glories of Easter are fast approaching, and it's easy for us to become distracted and lose focus. Yet we must bolster ourselves and embrace the sufferings that come. We do so out of our desire to follow Christ to the fullest. Yet it's also true to remember that our sufferings do not end with the celebration of Easter. While our specific Lenten sacrifices may cease, we all know that life is never without suffering. Despite the efforts of our modern world to remove all suffering, all discomfort, all inconvenience, we must remain open ourselves to accepting whatsoever the Lord places before us. Remember that God never gives us more than we can handle. We must take our example from our Lord himself, who says, I am troubled now, yet what should I say? Father, save me from this hour. We will hear soon enough of Jesus' hours of agony in the Garden of Gethsemane, during which he prayed to the Father. He prayed for the strength to endure the sufferings he was called to undergo for the salvation of souls. We are called to share in this suffering. That is how our suffering in life has any meaning at all. We must unite it to that of our Lord in a conscious manner, aided primarily through our life of prayer, our daily conversation with God. Thus, I encourage you all to stay strong and stay faithful, not only to your Lenten practices, but to nourishing and nurturing your relationship with our Lord. Allow yourself to truly and deeply enter into the passion of Christ, bringing your own sufferings to him laying yourself down at the feet of the Master. By entering into his suffering, we will enter into his glory. As eloquently stated by St. Augustine, we read, Everyone, therefore, is the servant of Christ in the same way as Christ also is a servant. And he that serves Christ in this way will be honored by his Father with the signal honor of being with his Son, and having nothing wanting to his happiness forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.